welcome to November. As we begin the 11th month and the next to the last month of the year, you may be happy that this year is almost over, but we are building a foundation for what is going to happen next year and in the next two or three years. So don't be so quick to dismiss the month and dismiss everything you've learned. That's going to also be one of the aspects of November's energy. And that's how to repurpose some of the things that you have learned and some of the energy, energy shifts that you've made. November's energy is highly spiritual. It's a time to recover and reset our personal energy field featuring a strong eclipse and a few unusual wild cards that we tell you about and why they are so important to making the most of November and to making the most of what you've already learned all year. This month's themes are recognizing the harvest and reset, redistribute, and reconsider. And it's appropriate that we are gathering the harvest in a month where we in the United States celebrate Thanksgiving, a celebration of the harvest. Welcome to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host, and I want to show you how to create your rich, happy, and successful life. Since 2004, I've been teaching soul congruent, mind expanding, wholeness living to a global audience. I'm known as the world's most accurate intuitive, the iconic energy savant, a best-selling author of eight books, the expert on energy boundaries, alignment, integration, and intention. And I'm the founder of the Becoming 360 Method of Transformation. I'm here to motivate, inspire, and energize you to embrace your full potential, upsource your possibilities, revive your life, and shine your light brightly. Thank you for joining me on this week's High Vibes Living Podcast. And I hope you'll learn something that tunes you into your high vibes and motivates, energizes, and inspires you and shines some light on your journey. Let's get started. If you haven't figured out by now that this is a critically important year in the history of humanity, then you've been on vacation off planet all year. In a year whose main theme was energetic sovereignty, we certainly got our lessons in what that means, probably not as we imagined it would happen. Is this really the ascension process and are we going to make it? it seems a little doubtful at times, doesn't it? The answer to those questions is yes and yes, and we have some interesting things happening this month as well as some carryover from last month. And if you've been following my energy reports, and by the way, you can find previous energy reports on the blog and in the podcast, you'll notice that for, for many months in this year, at least the last four or five, we always leave a month and carry over some of that energy into the next month, either in something that happens right at the end of the previous month. For example, we had some powerful energies in September that carried over into October. And I also made mention last month in the energy report of an aspect that happened January 1st that had profound implications for the October 20th full moon. Let's begin with November. First of all, November ushers in the seven energy, one plus one plus 2021 is seven, which is the number of spirituality, introspection, higher thought and awareness. October was a six energy, which brought in the energy from the descension process. 
heaven to earth. And with a seven vibration in November, we get to think about how we're going to use that energy and what it means to us. This is going to tie into the energy of November rather well, providing us with an energy toolbox to make more enlightened, intentional, and aware decisions and choices that we're faced with after the chaos of October. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the podcast, so stay tuned. The biggest news of the month, even bigger than the eclipses, is that November 1st begins with Mars at zero Scorpio entering into its sign of historical rulership. Now, I know Mars goes into Scorpio every maybe two years or a little bit less than two years, but this month is significant because we have a lot of other things happening and because of the importance of Scorpio, we're in Scorpio month, because of the importance of the entire uh, confluence of happenings that are going on in the world right now. Before Pluto was discovered in 1930, Mars was the designated ruler of Scorpio. If you remember from the October 2021 energy report, the October 20th full moon was at 27 Aries, which was the degree and sign of Mars on January 1st, 2021. The planet Mars has been a significant significator all year long, and this is just one more of those times. Mars is highly significant this year, and its movements offer a lot of insight into what is happening around us. Now, you all know that I'm a student of astrology. I've been a student of astrology for decades. Why is Mars important? Well, because it's the sign of action. It's also the ruler of the very first house of the zodiac. Mars rules Aries. Mars is about personal action, personal motivation, the forward movement. It's the sign of it rules a sign of the pioneer, the activator, the motivator, the person who moves forward, who takes action and who goes first. This is our personal planet. So Mars is all about moving energy at the personal level. And that's why it's so important this year, again, with the theme of energetic sovereignty, our personal energetic sovereignty. Everything is significant now and everything is connected. So we can't disregard any of the clues and signs that point us in the direction of achievement and success on this journey. And this is one of those signs. Pluto was assigned rulership of Scorpio at the beginning of the atomic age in the early 1930s. While the atomic bomb wasn't dropped until 1945, there was already work being done in the area of nuclear science in the 1930s. And I personally know this is true because the man who wrote the book, The Making of the Atomic Bomb, Richard Rhodes, was my neighbor in Kansas City. And he hired me to transcribe the interviews he did of all the scientists who were involved in the Manhattan Project and in earlier nuclear projects. I got quite an education about the history of the nuclear movement by transcribing hundreds of hours of interviews at my kitchen table in 1983. Prior to the discovery of Pluto and the rise of the military-industrial complex, which happened during and post-World War II, there was no aspect of mutually assured destruction and no globalism to the extent that it exists today. Pluto's assignment to Scorpio, the sign of death and rebirth, gave it a more sinister meaning, death and destruction. With Mars as the ruler of Scorpio, there was at least the possibility of some control over the process, but not with Pluto, not a chance. Pluto represents the tsunami of transformation that we can't stop. All we can do is run and hide. 
and hope we recover from the damage. Isn't that what we're seeing in the world today? The tsunami of destruction with no consideration for collateral damage. In fact, everything becomes part of the collateral damage by forces that appear to be out of our control, above the law, without consideration for what they are destroying or that they even care. Mars also rules Aries, the first sign, the sign of action, self-motivation, and new beginnings. With Mars in charge of Scorpio, we lead the destruction, or at least we have a hand in how it happens and some control over the amount of damage that can be done. A Mars rule Scorpio is more focused on new beginnings rather than ongoing and continuous death and destruction. I think the assignment of Pluto to Scorpio heralded the death, destruction, and doom that the military-industrial complex had planned for all of us in the next hundred years, which is why the year 2030 is so significant. But this month, we have a powerful Mars taking pride of place as of November 1st, reminding Big Bad Pluto that it was David who won the battle between David and Goliath. I mentioned this in the October Energy Report, and we see that replayed again in November. As we have had every month this year, the monthly themes of 2021 are all ringing with the greater overall 2021 theme of energetic sovereignty. Everything that happens this year is pointing us to learn about, embrace, stand for, and live through our energetic sovereignty. While that didn't happen with the grace and dignity we expected, it is happening on a global scale that is also definitely unprecedented. And it's uniting humanity to follow the Mars-oriented action, awareness, and new beginnings path rather than the Pluto-oriented death, doom, and gloom path. So the position of Mars at zero Scorpio as the month begins, and remember this is a very spiritual month, and its move into Scorpio late on October 31st, which is celebrated as Halloween or Samhain, the Feast of the Final Harvest, is highly significant. And it points to a turning in our journey in energetic sovereignty as the collective family of humanity, as well as the battle between the dark and the light. When we first began this ascension journey, there were only a few people who held the light for ascension, and they were working hard within their missions of anchoring light and energy for humanity. They often worked in lonely, energetically isolated places where their frequency was out of place and sometimes not very welcome. The process of awakening happened slowly over decades until 2020, and then it moved into hyperspeed, and I think it started a few years before that as well. In 2021, we achieved critical mass and critical momentum. The movement is now progressing very rapidly, and we're seeing more of the 3D, 5D ascension integration happening every day. The downside is that with more light, we are also aware of greater levels of darkness, and that's been tough to deal with. But we have to know our adversary before we can know how much light we need to overcome it. And that's been our focus in establishing our energetic sovereignty too. November's themes fall into the energetic sovereignty theme of 2021. First, we have the theme of harvesting. Samhain, October or Halloween celebrated the final harvest in preparation for winter, which centuries ago meant something far different than it did today. 
than it does today. In those days, the final harvest meant gleaning the last of the root crops, which are the last to be planted and the last to be harvested, and preparing them to be stored for eating over the winter. In the pre-grocery store days, if you didn't do this, you went hungry all winter. For us, this final harvest is gathering the learning and lessons and taking what we need from them, keeping what is useful on the next phase of our journey and leaving the rest in the field for compost for the next growing season. What do we want to take with us that will nourish us in this next phase of our growth as we prepare for what's the next phase of growth in nature? Spring. But winter is not a dead season. This is why we're, this is going to be a busy winter for us. In the winter, many plants use this time to spread their underground roots, create energy for the next growing season. And if you're a gardener, you know that the bulb plants we enjoy in the spring, like tulips and daffodils, form their flowers in the cold winter months. In fact, just as an aside here for you gardeners, you know that if you live in a place where it's not very cold in the wintertime or it never gets to freezing to at least 32 degrees, then you have to store your bulbs in the refrigerator, in a refrigerated space for at least six weeks or they will not flower. Next, we have the themes of reset, reconsider, and redistribution. As I shared in a recent article and podcast, there is more to the decision to let things go or release than we are told. I find it far too general and even illogically simplistic for someone to tell anyone to release things or let them go. Just let them go. Don't worry about it. Move on. That's not even realistic and it's not even possible. I know that in my life, depending on the situation, context and circumstance, the decision to release can be very carefully considered because once I let something go, I don't take it back. It's a final non-negotiable decision for me. I think the decision to release has to be more carefully considered, especially now that we are experiencing such huge energy gaps and making such big leaps in our energy frequency. Once we let something go or release it, we can't get it back and we can't go back to it because we can't return to that range of frequency and vibration. We have to be okay with that decision, meaning we must have completion, closure, and congruence with our decision. Can we reset the energy in a situation? That depends on the people involved, but sometimes it's a possibility. If the relationship or person is important to you, maybe a reset is possible. It doesn't mean that you'll return to where you were before. That's probably impossible. But you can get to a new level of understanding, which you can reach together and then use that as your new starting point. You know, this is what happens to like when you have a relationship and somebody betrays you or lies to you or cheats on you. The decision to reset the energy, so to basically start over, is something that you can consider. But you know as well as I do that you never start over at the same place you were before you knew all these things that were going on. It's just not possible. Something is lost in the process. So maybe if you decide to reset the energy in a situation, you reset it, but you don't start at the point where you didn't know anything. You start at a point of knowledge, which may be a little bit more discerning and a little bit more maybe cynical or a little bit more untrusting, but you've learned that 
the trust you give to people sometimes is misplaced because you give your trust to people who are not worthy of your trust. Don't forget too in this reset process your own expectations because they have to figure in the mix. Sometimes we very innocently and with every noble intention and quite honestly uh, to be in an effort to be helpful we set expectations for people at a very high level not considering that the level is one we think is possible for them but they don't think is possible for themselves and they'll never achieve it reconsider is another theme for november and it's time to reconsider our role in the world our life our energy vision intentions and who we are what we do and how we live the big news of the day is that millions of people are losing their jobs because they refuse to comply with the medical imperative. I agree with them. And I also see that many are choosing to reconsider their career options. I also think we're going to see a return to a community-based lifestyle and community-based systems. For example, community-based healthcare centers, food distribution, and retail, which is how it used to be. I enjoy the variety provided by mega shopping centers, but I would prefer to get my health care from a local doctor and not from a corporate medical center for whom I'm a number and an entry in their balance sheet. I'd prefer to support local farmers and food growers rather than give my money to a corporate grocery store that also owns the food distribution network and, by the way, pays farmers little to nothing for their food. If we're going to build communities, we need to encourage the creativity and resourcefulness of our own communities. So shopping local is becoming the new normal. So is homeschooling, by the way, if any of you are following that movement as well. Sometimes we think that only good things are part of the Ascension process. But if you remember the Ascension progress chart that I've been showing you, disintegration is part of the descension process and the chaos that it creates, which leads to the transcension across the 4D bridge. All this commotion and reordering of careers and communities and jobs is part of the Ascension cycle. And then there is redistribution, another energy aspect, which is an alternative to complete and total release by considering whether we can use any of the lessons or situations in another capacity. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a kitchen drawer full of things that you go to when you need the odd tool or to fix something? How many of you have a tool chest or a box or a place in your garage or in your workshop where you keep the odd size nails, screws, gaskets, washers, and other spare parts that are useful to have when you need to fix something? I do, and I always find what I need in there. We all need a drawer of energetic spare parts that we can use when we need to move forward without going through an entire lesson. We can remember that a specific choice or decision or a certain person creates problems or challenges and avoid them in the future. We can always reconsider whether a choice or decision is going to get us to where we need to be, whether it accurately and completely reflects our will, intention, vision, and wishes, or we can reconsider our relationship choices, job decisions, and other life factors. So we're always making choices that reward us with the greatest joy, abundance, peace, prosperity, and love. And we can use those little energetic spare parts as reminders of what not to do or where not to go or as red flags that come up because we're getting ready to repeat a lesson that we don't want to repeat again. 
In November, we have a new moon on the 4th that highlights the Uranus energy signature. Remember, we have a Saturn-Uranus square that is active all year and next year. The final Uranus-Saturn square aspect happens in September 2022. So this is going to be a long-term event that will continue to shake up the status quo for another year. And this new moon reminds us that it's not over yet. Uranus and Taurus is shaking up the complacent self-interest of Taurus and forcing change in areas where we most resist change. The full moon eclipse at 27 Taurus on November 19th is one degree from the fixed star Algol, also called the most unlucky star in the heavens. And I do suggest that you look up the star Algol and read the descriptions of it. It has a lot to do with bad omens, bad tidings, bad things that happen. But as with all things universal and spiritual, there are dark and light aspects to everything. The dark side of Algol is death, destruction, and tyranny. Hmm. Where have we seen that lately? The light side is empowerment, awareness, and freedom. Can you make any connection between what we've seen in the world in the last two years and the turnaround with this eclipse? What do you think? And one more thing in November, an energy aspect that lasts all month and that I think is connected to the eclipse and Mars and the ongoing Great Awakening. Neptune has been retrograde since June and it slowly stations in November to go direct in December. It is at the same degree it was in March 2021. Remember we have March 2021. We also have things that happened in March 2020 when we saw the beginning of some return to normalcy and a greater degree of protest against the tyranny that has been building ever since. This is going to usher in the Great Awakening 2.0 and more people standing for their energetic sovereignty, rights, and freedom. When critical momentum is achieved, as it has been, nothing can stop what is coming next. And a united collective of humanity has far more creative energy, potential, and power than a few dozen tyrants. So here we are on the threshold of another month. And if you're wondering when all of this ends, it ends when we say it does. The karmic dance between light and dark, good and evil, freedom and tyranny has been ongoing for millennia. This is more than a shift from 3D to 5D. It's a shift in our dimensional plane of existence. Once we integrate the 3D, 5D paradigm, the 3D paradigm will no longer exist as it has in the past. It is already dissolving in the face of a growing outcry for freedom from tyranny, evil, <clears throat> and the control that no one wants anymore except those who want to control everyone and everything. We are fighting a battle now, and it's a fierce one. It's a fierce one, but a necessary one. We will win, but we will win it together. If you follow the Q posts since October 2017, as I did, you remember that Q said that their greatest fear was an awakened public and that nothing would stop what is coming. Well, we are now an awakened public and we are a force to be reckoned with. Look at what people have been achieving because they come together and unite against tyranny. 
So while it's not yet time to celebrate, because the battle's not over yet, it's also not time to sit back, relax, and think that we have it in the bag, so to speak. We need to remind ourselves every day that we are the creative ones. We are in control of our energy. We are powerful and empowered, and we are energetically sovereign when we own it, claim it, and we use it every day. November is a time for harvest, to prepare for winter, and reward ourselves for a job well done. It's also time for us to consider options other than just releasing everything. We don't need a repeat of a lesson every time we encounter it. That just wastes our time and our energy, and it sets us back a lot in our spiritual growth. We can use what we have learned before to make different choices, decisions, and to give ourselves different options. We have more spiritual power and energy this month than we did in October, And with the more than 50 solar flares we had in the last week of October, we have a lot of energy to work with. So make empowered choices and decisions. Don't limit yourself to holding on or release as your decision criteria. See how you can reset, reconsider, or redistribute what's in your energy toolbox while also taking your own joy into consideration. And remember to celebrate your harvest now. Everything you've learned, achieved, and accomplished, this sets the foundation for the new energy you'll bring in and reminds you that you are the source of your joy and your energetic sovereignty is yours to own, claim, and use every day in your life. Have a wonderful month. Thanks so much for tuning in to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and that it has inspired, motivated, and energized you to take a few steps towards your rich, happy, and successful life. If you need more inspiration for your life path, check out my eight best-selling books on Amazon or look at a transformational intuitive session, coaching, or program on my website, enlighteninglife.com. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter and join my over 5 million weekly blog readers. Please subscribe to the High Vibes Living Podcast. Give it a like and a review. Your acknowledgement helps others find us and get the information and inspiration they need to turn their pain into joy and their fear into confidence. Your Becoming 360 transformation into congruence and divine harmony is a step away, as is your rich, happy, and successful life. Join us each week for a new episode, and I look forward to our next time together.